0: Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. Uh, on this week's episode of Untucked, our Coach's Corner discussion is going to be about shocks and market impact. So geopolitical concerns, um, natural disasters, how do those things affect the stock market? Then we're going to talk about workism and whether or not it's making people miserable. And finally, why buying dumb things will ruin your life. Enjoy. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Welcome back to Untalked. This is our first episode of 2020. Thanks for listening. This is Megan.
1: And Mike's
2: here. This is Jeff. Welcome back, guys. It's been a while. Good to be back.
0: <laughs> Good to sure be back. Sure, one listener is so excited. I've
2: missed you two in our pod. It's been two weeks. Did you guys know that all clams start out as males and then some percentage of them
1: transition to female during their clam cycle? So like half of them become trans. Not sure if,
2: if, if it's exactly half are female or not.
0: That's like your second like what uh like sea animals. You did that crab one. Yeah. yeah. Are you on like a like National a Geographic site? To I mean, get these fun facts.
2: I could mention that Netflix is responsible for fifteen percent of global traffic on the internet.
0: Yeah, the clam one's better than that. <laughs> Uh, so it's been a rough couple weeks as a Philadelphia sports fan. Um, Birds are officially eliminated from the playoffs. Sixers stink. Not going to speak to the Flyers.
1: Tailspin. They're in a big tailspin. <laughs> so let's go. Um, Birds first. Birds first. <clears throat> okay. Horrible fashion the way they went out. I mean, like, I... But not. But. But arguably, like not of their own doing. You know. They're The injuries are the injuries, and no team could really deal with that. They shouldn't have even been playing in the playoffs. The fact
2: that they were there at all says a lot. They should have been. I mean, if they went 4-0, which they did, led by their leader, who stepped up and showed you what he's got and went back to his 2017 days, then they should have been there. They did it. Like, they did what they had to do, which was awesome to see. And then the fact that he gets hurt, eight plays into the game and can't finish a playoff game and then they lose to Seattle by eight points with Josh McCown at the helm is like that's the most disappointing part is that they would have won the game not should have they definitely would have won that game if Carson Wentz played the game no doubt in my mind
1: well he didn't pull a hammy or blow out a knee he got he got his head wrapped off the carpet yeah. in a play that was was what it was. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's embarrassing to read and hear a lot of these Eagles fans pointing a finger at Wentz, saying like, "This guy can't. This guy. This guy's injury prone." Blah blah blah. Come on, man. He he got concussed. You know.
2: Yeah, that's Inj- different in- than injury.
1: being a guy who just can't stay healthy.
2: Yeah, injury prone is not the way that they should categorize him because he's not. Does he have injuries? Yeah, he gets injuries, and it's just dumb luck, in my dumb opinion. luck. Yeah, you know the ACL, MCL tear, the back, the concussion; those are just tough injuries. It's one thing if he tears an ACL, he tries to come back too early, tears it again, tears it again. Yeah. Like that's like like um, Robert Griffin Jr. is injury prone. Every time the guy tries to cut, he blows out a freaking knee. Like he's got weak ligaments holding his <laughs> knees together. Carson's just, he's just an athlete that's gotten hurt. And it sucks. For, I feel so bad for the guy, man. Yeah. And I, you know what? It's just going to be so much sweeter for him when he eventually does win a Super Bowl. Because I think he will. And, he, and he, uh, after he's, he's healthy, he puts it. Because he, I mean, he can play in a league another 10 years easy. I mean, Brady's freaking 48, dude.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I uh, I agree that this injury does not ca- – it should not be categorized as injury-prone, but I would say the other two are. This hit in particular was, was not his fault, but the other stuff – and I don't know that his fault is a fair way to put it, but, like, I would say those injuries are just – that's usage. And there are there are guys, there are quarterbacks who do the same things who don't get hurt, and then there's Carson who, who has. I mean, how long has he been in the league – this was his first playoff game.
2: I don't think there's quarterbacks that do the same as him and don't get injured.
0: Russell Wilson does better than Carson.
1: But Russell Wilson has eyes all over his head. He has an ability to get out of that pocket right when you think you have him. Carson doesn't do that as well. So I think Wilson is a is special in his escapability, you know, talents. So and I don't think he gets hit. Right, but and that's like what
0: us. I mean, he's better at it so he doesn't get yeah, hit so okay. he doesn't get hurt. He's
2: not diving for a touchdown head first, getting crushed between three people in a Rams game like Carson Wentz. Like that like like Russell Wilson doesn't play ball that way.
0: He doesn't make those decisions and he doesn't get right, hurt. But he's
2: not the same. Like so you can't compare him to to Carson. They don't play the same game. I no, think quarterbacks that play the game like Carson get hurt. RG3 got hurt. Michael Vick got hurt. I mean, they're
0: Right, so doesn't that make them injury-prone because of the way they play the game? I, I mean, aren't you subjecting yourself to situations where you're more likely to get injured? Look, yeah. I love Carson. I love the way he plays. This is not a knock on him. I just think that up until this particular play, it, he, he's a question mark. He hasn't proved to be a quarterback who can play for an entire season. He hasn't.
1: And, and I think... Forget about Wentz. Like football is the ultimate team sport. It doesn't matter. Like, he had nobody to to throw yeah. the ball to. Like it does. I, Jeff, I would argue maybe they won the game against Seattle, but they're not going further. He had nobody around him to to really give them a good chance to win the game. Well, we would have against had, a good team. We, we
2: would have had the Sean back for the for the next game. So, oh really? Yeah, that's what they were saying. Oh. um, to comment on you when what, what you were saying earlier. When I, when I hear the term injury prone. I interpret that as your body is just one that gets re- like repetitive injuries like you 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 injured your knee and you get injured on your knee again and and again and again um, not the way that I play because I would agree with you the way he plays is going to lead to more injuries than the way Tom Brady plays mm-hmm. no doubt mm-hmm. um, is his body weaker No I don't I don't mm-hmm. think that his body is like... Like if someone else absorbed those hits, they wouldn't have been injured. No, I think anybody who absorbed the hits that he did would sure. have hurt their back, would have hurt their knee, or would have tore their ACL. Yeah, he's just gotta he's gotta mature as a quarterback to not be injury pwned by your definition. To slide feet first, roll out of the pocket, throw the ball away before you get hit. Uh, but he will. I mean, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get there and I think he's gonna win a championship and he's gonna he's gonna be justified for all this shit that he's been through. But man, it was it was as much as I I felt the same way you did Mike like they're not going to go anywhere after this. They're not going to win a
1: Super Bowl. It was still like tough to watch, man. Still pulling for them. Yeah. And to their credit, they they were in it to the last minute of the game. Um their defense largely did their job. I mean, arguably Seattle I mean, you could say Seattle looks like they're going to get blown out by anybody they play. They're not a good team. No, I mean,
2: yeah, our defense held Seattle to 17 points, which was great. That's Seattle's fault. Like, yeah. th- like just throw right. the ball to lock it on first down <laughs> right. and DJ Metcalf on second down. Yeah. And then on third down, throw it like just keep throwing the ball. We can't stop you. <laughs> like he tried to run it with Marshawn Lynch, who's like 105 years old.
0: He scored that, didn't he? Yeah, on
2: like a one and a half yard line. Like like he barely He, he
0: ran over Mount Jenkins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like
1: ran him over. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> What's up with the Sixers? It seems like Meg, Brad- your
1: tone has changed. That now you're saying they suck, and two weeks ago, they, you, everything was okay because they're going to end up winning fifty-five or sixty games, well, fifty some games, and
0: they're still on pace to win like fifty-three. I am. Um, they beat the Bucks on Christmas. Bucks were the spanked the Bucks. Yeah, Bucks at the time had the best league, the best record in the league. Um, so that was awesome. Then they went on a three-game, four-game losing streak. They lost to Orlando, Miami, Indiana, and then Houston. And then they came back on Monday, was it, and beat Oklahoma City. So, oh, and Joel Embiid dislocated his finger. Did you see it? Yeah. How gross.
2: That was pretty disgusting.
0: Yes. I mean, there's a million different theories about what's going on. I don't really subscribe to any of them. I guess... Mostly I have an optimistic perspective on the season. It's just been a rough patch. And nothing seems to be going right. That's why I say they suck. Like, there really hasn't been – I shouldn't say that. Ben's been playing really well. But nobody else has really done anything of note. Um, And Ben's not the type of player who's going to, like, win them games by having an awesome night. He needs some sort of compliment. So it kind of feels like his – um, his couple of good games are being wasted a bit if they don't if he doesn't continue to play this way. So that's where I am. I mean, they still have a you know a lot of games left. Hopefully they they play Celtics on Thursday. That's a big game.
2: They don't have a complete team, man. It's the same thing I've been saying. They don't have a complete team. So it's great that they're going to do great in the regular season. They're going to make it to the playoffs, win a few rounds, and then they're probably going to lose, unless they. Again, not a knock on Ben, not a knock on Joel, probably more of a knock on Tobias. Tobias Uh,
0: has been what we should expect from him. I think people who think Tobias should be more, their expectations are just off. No,
2: I don't expect him to be more, but he's not the third piece that we need. I'd get rid of him for the right piece, and then I think you have the right team. So it's just... It's the same with the with the Eagles. It's like we knew they can maybe make the playoffs, but they're not gonna unless they had a healthy team, they weren't gonna go anywhere. Um that's that's what I guess the Sixers have a little bit more of a chance to to win the championship with what they have, but I definitely would bet against them. With my money.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on them right now. Right. I mean, to I, if anybody leave, if anybody's not there at the end of the season, I think it's Horford before Harris.
1: Yeah,
2: um, Man, I he's, think he's like fizzled, huh? He's like he's useless dead. and irrelevant yeah. out there.
0: I mean, he would be an awesome backup center. Yeah, his role right now is just too big. It's like beyond what he's capable of of doing and being, and he doesn't really complement Embiid in any meaningful way. So we'll see. I mean. It's frustrating, like watching James Harden shit on them is brutal. But still, my team.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't think I can. I don't think I'd be able to get out of one of these um, podcasts without shitting <laughs> on Ben a little bit. So I might as well.
0: Oh, are we? Gonna start? I'm just.
2: I'm so like he's still doing the like drive to the hoop, jump up in the air. You're a foot and a half away from the basket. And he throws it to the three-point line.
0: He's been the best player since the Miami game. He has. I,
2: I know, but I'm just saying, like, he still has these. And I get it. Like, he's That's young.
0: game. He's not going to change those in three games.
2: No, but can you, like, what game was it where he drove? He had a chance to, like, it was the Miami game to finish the game. And he he's literally, like, two feet from the basket. There's, like, there's like five seconds left in the game. He, we're down a point. or we're, we're down one point. Gets the ball. He the length of the court drives. Two steps for a layup. There's this there's a defender challenging him. He dishes it to the three point line. Like just take it strong. Maybe you make the basket, you get an M1, or maybe you gotta make two free throws. Maybe the line was one and a half and yeah. some money on this game. <laughs> That's probably actually what happened. <laughs> I just want to see that part of his game mature, like finish strong. Stop, stop getting there and then just. Not either not knowing what to do while you're in the air or thinking, all right, my game is to, like, draw defenders in and then kick it out to Al Horford to shoot a frickin' three-point shot.
0: Well, that's how people in the, like, teams in the NBA win.
2: That's not how our team wins.
0: No, but that's what, like, that's how, that's where the game is going, right? It's, oh, yeah. It's have somebody who draws defenders and then have somebody who can knock down shots. The Sixers don't have the latter, So it makes Ben's job harder and it makes when he does it look worse because it doesn't have the success that any other elite team does. And it's just they're trying to be I mean, the Warriors have done this. They've created this like run and gun system and the Sixers are trying to mesh that with being this like big bully team. And it's just it's two different identities and they haven't figured out which one's going to work. I'm willing to bet it's not the shooting one. <laughs> it's right. going to be out rebounding, out defending, and scraping out ugly wins. It just sucks that Joel Embiid, a January game against Oklahoma City, he has to play like 35 minutes. Yeah. Like that's not what this roster was constructed to do. But here we are.
1: What's up? What's up with your fly guys? Well, it's going to be quick. This has been a long Philly sports segment. <laughs> um, yeah. they're in a tailspin, tough road trip, five or six games. I think they lost everyone, but, um, this they is won a, one in there. One, Yeah. Okay. This is a good team. I'll say that it's a good team. And the teams that they play acknowledge that, that there's a, a good team. There's a lot of good players on this team. Problem that they face in the last two weeks or so, they've gotten bad goaltending. Um, and if they don't get anything more than mediocre goaltending, they're not going to be a playoff team. Um, and I think the goaltending will get better. Uh, the problem is also that they are so bad in their own end and that the book on this team is you just put big pressure on them. You forecheck hard and they will cough pucks up and that's what happens and then it's in the net. They also really got, and I, I you're going to say rose-colored glasses, they had a lot of bad luck and bounces go against them to sort of result in this shit show of a road trip so you kind of expect that that's not going to be the case all the time they'll they'll be they'll be better um but they've got themselves in a tough spot they're like a you know the season ended now they're on the bubble they okay. got to be and they you know they're playing in, a, in the best division in hockey all the teams ahead of them are continuing to win and they're good it's going to be a hard its gonna be a hard uh chore to to play well enough to make it in, but I think they will
2: do we want them to make it in uh, yeah,
1: yeah, of course. Because even if they don't make it in, they're not gonna mm-hmm. be like a that bad we're gonna be they're gonna have gonna like a a, a a top five team. pick okay um so you end up with a ten twelve fifteen overall pick that's what they're gonna get regardless. I'd rather see them at least play around the playoffs, so I think they'll get there but got got spare, I'd like to see him go suitcase shopping and find himself another home. I don't think he belongs in the maybe not even in the NHL. Wow. He is, he is really really consistently bad. Really? Yeah. The Ghost? Tu- he's a turnover machine. He's bad defensively and the only reason to even have him on the team is cuz he's got a, you know, he can he has in the past produced offensively and that's gone. So yeah, that's a, that's a shame because he was you know, you would expected this guy to be way better than he is and now it's like his fourth year. I've um,
0: nope.
1: given up on him. Only fifteen points out of first place in the Eastern Conference. That's that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot.
0: How come when he goes rose colored glasses, you shut up? But when I try to be optimistic, <laughs> all you do is shit on me.
2: Uh, I probably don't know as much about hockey. Yeah, because Jeff anything.
1: watches the Sixers way more than the Flyers. <laughs> Bullshit! Start watching. And the especially Flyers. on the road trip, that I mean, these are 10 p.m. games. Nobody's watching except not me. Tuning in.
2: Uh, what I do know is that Carter Hart gets pulled from like every start that he starts.
0: That's. I, I've never goalie. seen
2: a goalie let up as many goals in the early on in the game, and then just get yanked from the game as much as him.
0: Well, didn't you dispute this? Wasn't it not that many? Where, it's 20
2: percent of his starts. It's four four out of the 20
1: starts he has
2: that's a lot looking for this is kind of
0: energy it's it's a lot it's a little
1: concerning there's no question how talented he is and how good he's gonna be I think but it's he's having a real tough dude very very inconsistent year and you know you you just hope mentally he can deal with it I think he can that's that's my biggest question mark
2: it's like you can't send the kid down
1: no no because that'll
2: destroy him mentally But they keep pulling him out of games. Like, how is that helpful? Now, I guess, you, you, but you can't leave him in and have it be like an 8 nothing game. Him right. get his ass beat in.
1: No, and if you let up four goals in the first period, and some of them are bad ones, you got to get him out of there because at that point, his confidence is done. And that's it. That's, right. That's it. And it's, it's also, you got to, you know, try, try to win. change it up. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, that's how it works. Maybe it's just, a,
2: maybe that's a mm-hmm. function of sports. It's like, the kid's 20. Like he's so young, and he's just put in this position where he's got to play. Because we don't have a goalie. We no. don't have like a starter. How it's-
0: old's Ben Simmons? 22,
2: 23.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That was All right, ball. that's a wrap yeah. on the sports. Okay.
0: All right, so we have Coach's Corner. First up, Shocks and Market Impact. This was on – Um, A Disciplined Approach to Investing Blog, which is, um, I found it on Haran Capital Advisors, uh, their website. So there's obviously a lot of geopolitical concerns right now, um, though I think we could probably argue that there always are. And investors and our clients specifically ask us a lot, what's going to happen to the market if X, I mean, insert anything uh, happens. And this article what it does is it references an S&P Dow Jones Indices report that covered shocks and crises ranging from Pearl Harbor to the Japanese tsunami in 2011 and their impacts on the S&P 500. I mean there were a handful of stats, the table itself kind of like was the article. was
1: the article. Uh, yeah, I mean I'll just try to summarize like examples of what's in here is everything from Kennedy assassination to Pearl Harbor to the Reagan shooting um Collapse of long-term capital, terrorist attacks, Lehman back, you know, everything, tsunamis. And it's pretty obvious. You look at the table and you see like the, the percentage change immediately is, is, is always something. It's, it could be 1% or 5 or even 20
0: And this is the day after right. the event occurs.
1: And then right next to it, the chart shows you yeah, how many days it took for um, a recovery. And it's, it's just astonishing how short the time frame is in almost every case, really in every case. Um, and we we run into this all the time, as Meg, as you were saying, and, and these days with the um, Iranian general being taken out and people are expecting, up oh, stocks are going to go down and maybe they will, maybe they won't. But one of the articles I saw that's related to this and, and it, it looked at um, the wars and... How quickly in fact, like going back to World War I, World War II, Korean, Vietnam, in every one of those cases throughout the wartime period, markets were up significantly, even though they start out typically dropping, and maybe even for like in the case of World War I, it was 30 percent um, over the first six months. but by the end of it it was up 43 um, percent in total, and the recovery was so was so quick. And that's the point. I mean, we haven't had any of these geopolitical events or uh, natural disasters or any of those things that have kind of permanently impaired stock prices. And, and if people just, again, we always talk about like moving the lens back and just looking at a time frame that matters and not a week or a month or even six months. And in every single case, you know, you're, the markets recover like they always do.
2: Yeah, there's never been any kind of event that has permanently kept the market down. Uh, I think what what I what resonated with me the most was, um, I mean, cherry-picked the worst one that happened. It was the Lehman bankruptcy, where it took 121 days for the market to bottom. And then from there, it took 285 days for it to recover. So... I mean, that's 406 days of um, miserableness in the market. And it just made me think of some of the clients that we worked with are, are, are older or retirees. And we're always like, look, you got to think long-term. And, and their, their initial response is always, well, I'm retired. I don't have a, a, long, a long-term. Well, you just need to wait a little bit. Like, you don't have to wait 15 years for a market to recover. That That, that doesn't happen. It's never happened. You just need to have a plan for a real short time in our, in our um, idea of a short time, like one to three years, have a plan to deal with a pretty shitty market and you'll be rewarded for that big time if, if you can get through that. And they just don't, they don't get that. They don't understand that. They don't know these facts. They think that if the market goes down 40 or 50 and they lose that, they'll never recover. It'll take so long for them to recover it. And it's just not true. And then on the flip side, for our younger clients, it's like, you should be begging for these. No, begging <laughs> for these types of market, market activities. Like yeah. have it go down a ton yeah. so that you can keep buying and, and dump some money in.
0: I have to believe that part of why our retired clients struggle with it is because they're older in age. And I just think like the end of their lives <laughs> is is more like it's something that they think about way more than me as a 30-year-old. You know what I mean?
2: It's it's definitely that. It's definitely the fact that they have the most money they've they've ever had in their life. So watching two million dollars turn into a million two is is unnerving. Yeah. You know they can't even fathom it. Like there's no way I can lose eight hundred thousand dollars and recover. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's that's the way it works. And I think that coupled with their older, their own mortality, and all that shit, just kind of. It, it, they don't see the lens very clear.
0: No, we had a client ask us about this yesterday. She said um, a friend of mine told me knew I was coming to meet with your my advisors and asked me to ask you what uh, what do we think is going to happen with? I don't remember if it was Iran or the election. It was one or the two, one of the two, um, and the response was basically like she obviously doesn't have a plan in place to deal with whatever would happen because yeah. she's concerned
2: with. That was a funny conversation. Well, uh, and and obviously her advisor if she's even got one right. is missing the mark like is if you're sitting there trying to sell to your client that you know this is what's going to happen if I ran a tax and this is how we're going to deal with it like that that person missed the mark. Yeah. Because that's what she was asking us to find right. out. She was asking her friend to, to find out from us. Yeah. Like, what are we gonna? What, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, how do you think the markets are gonna fare with all this shit going on, dude? Literally, our answer was, "I have no idea." Like, I have no idea. Like, are you really? You honestly? You? I appreciate you thinking I'm that smart <laughs> that I can see the future. It's amazing how many times you tell people. It's not what we do. No one can do that. They just keep asking the same question. I think the chart's worth uh, worth a look-see.
0: Yeah, it'll be linked in the episode description. Nice. (laughs) Okay, workism. Workism is making Americans miserable. This was an article written by Derek Thompson of The Atlantic. What is workism? It's the belief that work is not only necessary to economic production, but also the centerpiece of one's identity and life's purpose. Derek's article explores the muddying of work versus everything else um, in our lives and kind of how we got here to the point where I would argue that a lot of people define themselves by their profession, whether it's the success that they have, the job that they do, a combination of the two, and it kind of tends to overshadow really other facets of one's I'll call it personal life.
2: I found it interesting how they were talking about how Derek Thompson, who I think played for the Kansas City Chiefs at some point, um, <laughs> how this belief of maybe not my generation, but the generation after me, or maybe my generation, how so me. you have to love what you do. Do you really? Like, mm-hmm. Do you know how difficult it is to land a job that is your passion, that is not only your job, but your hobby? And then I would question do I want my job to be my hobby? Like if it's something I love, I want to do that literally eight hours a day, five days a week. And I want it to be tied to like my livelihood. Yeah, I don't know about that. Right. Like maybe I think it's good that you do have a job that you enjoy, but it's maybe not your passion. And if you if you find out, like I have a buddy I graduated from high school with. This dude, he, he played baseball at Malvern. Um, I don't know how the hell he got into it. But he started Project, baseball baseball said like a spanish person like baseball baseball be- yeah <laughs> it's like a charity where he brings the sport of baseball to the co- like to colombia and all up not like columbia maryland like colombia
0: like in south america yeah like south okay. america like okay. he's
2: spreading the sport of baseball through his charity isn't
1: it already there okay. that's a legit question
2: not not where he's going not where he's not where he's going dude there's like nothing and he's he's bringing he's getting like mitts and bats and and equipment and he's distributing and he's bringing mlb players south american mlb players to these spots and the, the kids are meeting them it's crazy what he's doing like that's awesome like that's a passion that's a livelihood that's cool it's not like i love to paint so i'm going to open up like an art
1: gallery like
2: come on wouldn't you get sick of art and painting if that's what you're doing all day long
1: (laughs) we talked about this theme before have we i I feel like we have it's it's the it's the follow your passion do what you love change the world thing which to your point a few people do can and do do it but certainly not everybody there's seven and 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 a half
2: billion people in the world like do you think all like we're going to tell them all like don't do anything until you find the job that you love, that's your passion. Get the hell out of here. No one would work.
0: It started with the like, you can be whatever you want to be.
1: Right. No, you can't. You can't. And the follow your dream thing. No. Figure out what you're good at yeah. and do it well. And you'll do fine in your 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 job, which should provide you a a, you know, a, a way to make a living for you and your family, let's say. And hopefully provide you the most valuable thing in the world, which is freaking time. Yeah. Right. It's not time working. And it's the the, the art. Get back to the article. It's like, again, this, this societal pressure to be always busy and always working and, Oh, I'm so busy. And I'm working, 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 working like, like it's a badge of honor. And it's such bullshit. In my opinion, there's plenty. I know plenty of people. Some of my relatives are, are just like that. And it's just nauseating. Like, I don't, you're so busy and you're, you're proud of that. You should be trying to fix that.
2: Yeah. I don't find the, um, you know, I worked 15. No. What do they say? Like somebody like, I, I work like 18 hour days. Yeah. Like that's hmm, when I do the math, it doesn't sound right. That means you didn't eat or sleep <laughs> very long at all. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, re- That doesn't resonate with me that like you're, you're, you're better because you work longer. And I think that's, I, I took that from the article as well. Like we in the United States work way too much. Oh, absolutely. Like we work way too hard. We work way too much.
1: Yeah. And like there's these four hour, four hour, four day work week articles I've read about some experiments at other companies um, that have gone really, really well. People are more productive. Um, everything is better. And you know, like why is there a five day work
2: week? Right. When... And I would have to guess that a lot of people that are working five days a week are spending a lot of time playing Tetris at their computer yeah. and doing nothing. Yeah, That's an old game. It was like kind of a jigsaw <laughs> game. Yeah, you're yourself,
0: dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think our industry maybe being a bit of the exception or really just services in general where you have to be kind of like at the beck and call of your client. That makes the idea of a four-day work week a little more difficult. I absolutely agree that, like, I even myself, if I have less time, like, if I know I'm busier or have more things scheduled, the time when I'm not doing those scheduled things is way more productive. Like, that's, I operate that way. Yeah.
2: Anyway. I operate better being busy. So, when I'm busy at work, I, I, maybe, maybe I'm saying the same thing you just said. I, um, structure my, my off time better. Mm hmm. Um, when I don't have a lot going on and I have a lot of free time, it doesn't work. So like vacations, I'm not good on vacations.
0: Oh, I'm really good on vacations.
2: No, I'm good at relaxing <laughs> on vacations. But like when I think about when I'm going on vacation, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm not working next week. I'm on vacation. I can work out and fit my like training whenever I want to. When that happens, I end up not working out <laughs> because like I have too much time. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe I'm just a creature of having, I like my routine. Yeah. Um you take that workout element out of it it kind of screws up my organization of my free time.
1: Yeah, I mean everyone's different. Like I can I have no problem on a weekend like logging in, getting on and banging out some administrative stuff that I know I need to do, right? Or just stuff that I just need to spend a little time on. I have no problem doing that. I have no problem looking at emails when I'm on vacation or taking a phone call if I have whatever it is. I've always operated that way. I don't have to like compartmentalize everything when I'm when I'm in the office. Is the only time I'm working, and yeah. I'm fine with that. It doesn't ruin my vacation if I have to mm-hmm. get on a conference call, you know, for for an hour. Um, and I find that that's uh, it, it's easy to like blend all of it in so that it's not all jammed into like a a, a time period that I have to like yeah mm-hmm. be productive the whole time.
2: It was funny as I was reading it. It kind of reminded me of an issue—not an issue, but uh, an experience we had with a client recently, where she was kind of joking around or maybe busting our stones a little bit. Like, she drove yeah. past our office and like, "Hey, how come no one's there on Friday?" When I worked, we worked every day, like five days a week, like nine to five, and like.
0: She doesn't sound like that.
2: I know, but it, <laughs> I'm, I'm embellishing. But it made me like I thought about it, I'm like. Yeah, that's old school. Like you you worked in corporate America and that's what they demanded of you. We've built a different type of work environment where there's people that pick up the slack if you're not there and we encourage a better balance. Like if you don't want to come in on Friday, don't come in. Go 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 do something else. And you have people here and the place still operates and the doors are open. Yeah. Which is like so much better than what she was describing. Like the old school way of working where it's, you work for the corporation and you're there at their beck and call.
0: You're punching a clock. Yeah, it's just yeah. Some remnants
1: of hourly yeah. clock punching. And instead of being paid a, a, a certain amount of money for a certain work product, no matter when you do it.
2: I just think yeah. more, more employers should
1: describe
2: what work needs to be done by their employees and then who gives a shit how long it takes them to do it like if i if, if you say to your employee i need you to build a million widgets this year who cares if they if they build the million to, to your specifications in 40 hour work weeks or 10 hour work weeks who really gives a shit right does True. it does it yeah. matter but we're all still hung up on you need to be here nine to five because that's your job description. Well, no, my job description is getting my work done. So I should be free to do whatever the hell I want once my work's done. Or maybe I'm that, that um, I can't think of the word, ambitious of an employee and I get all my work done and I'm going to show you how valuable I am by doing something else to improve our company that will move me up the ladder. I mean, that's like 10% of people out there.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree with all that. I think we're, we'll, we'll get we'll, yeah transformed there but i think back to the article it's kind of making the case that so many people personally identify themselves with their work so that it, they they literally wouldn't know what to do with themselves if they weren't working yeah, i've I got that
0: sh- i've tried like when i meet new people not to ask what they do like purposely ask anything else about them then what do you do for a living because i just i try to
2: not meet new people <laughs> but I it's just, interesting that you do that it's cool <laughs> you're you're a good person for that maybe.
0: i just i think if people can and define themselves as maybe a little bit of a strong term but if they have other interests hobbies and things that are not their job um and i i'm not saying this just because you're both dudes it's so much harder to get that from guys really? than it is from females i
2: would have guessed the other way around
0: Yeah, my experience.
2: Right. So, like, what question do you ask?
0: Like, what do you do with your free time?
2: Okay. No one can answer that question well, by the way. No,
0: no. It's such a hard
2: question. What do you do with your free time? Like, it's like, ugh. But I
0: feel like, guys, and again, in my experience, which is small, like, I'm not trying to, like, make unfair generalizations, but it's like, what do you do with your free time? Well, I don't have a lot of it because of work. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it's like, Jesus, all right, I purposely tried to avoid that. (laughs) Gary Vaynerchuk uh, is a – wait, I'm just going to read the description on YouTube. He is a serial entrepreneur.
1: Already don't like him. <laughs> and the
0: CEO and founder of VaynerMedia, a full-service digital agency servicing Fortune 500 clients across the company's five locations. Gary is also a prolific public speaker, venture capitalist, four-time New, <laughs> New York Times bestselling author – and has been named to both Cranes and Fortune's 40 under 40 list.
1: He, I mean, he doesn't really think highly enough of himself, don't you think? I mean, come on, dude.
2: You think he put that synopsis together? Well, he approved it, yeah. <laughs> and
1: he probably did write it.
0: So this is, I mean, it's titled a um, motivational rant, Jeff found it on YouTube, called Why Buying Dumb Things Will Ruin Your Life.
2: I thought this guy was more well known. Like I was surprised you didn't ha- you've never I've heard seen of
1: him. him before. I have seen him um, I've watched one of his talks before. So Yeah,
2: I've never heard of him. I before. watched one of his talks. The first time I saw him talk. I was like, "Wow, this guy's pretty motivational. Pretty passionate about about what he's doing. And he seems like he knows his shit." Now, he was talking about social media and basically saying, "If you are selling anything and you do not have a plan to blast that product out on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, you will be out of business in 5 years. And he made a pretty compelling point. Like it made it made sense to me. And then like the more I I would I would see him and hear him, the more I disliked him. Yeah. Like his shtick was cool for like one listen. After that, he got very preachy and annoying to me.
0: He starts the article talking about how people
2: buy stupid shit. They
0: spend their money
2: making their making their lives more unhappy like again i didn't think his point was bad he was comparing his parents or my parents generation to your generation i'll say um which was immigrants came to america they didn't buy a damn thing for 15 years they worked hard they bought a business they worked that business again didn't spend any money and then they retired
0: The idea that choosing to go on a vacation or choosing to buy a pair of shoes like makes you wrong is not fair
2: i think if you don't have the income to do that he makes sense like if you can't afford to go on vacation where i think and and i agree with you i think people need to get better at you make x amount per year you save in your 401k you save for your kids college you put a little more aside in savings. And then you have discretionary income. Like there's a lot of people that I know that won't that won't spend that discretionary income. They need to like save more. And it's like, look, you're making, like my brother-in-law, him and his and his wife make decent money. They 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 I'm sure they save, but then it, he won't spend anything else cuz there's this obsession with wanting to save more. And that's where my melissa and i are different it's like if we have discretionary income i want to spend it like we're doing our savings i want to spend that on experiences or things and you can call me an asshole but like i want a nicer dinner i don't want to go to outback i want to go somewhere nicer or i want to get I don't buy clothes, so I don't even know. I can't even think of anything else I would spend money on. You want to go
0: on a vacation. You wanna, I want to do it. Yeah.
2: I want to sp- stay in a nice room versus not a nice room. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I don't think you should, be, you should be put down for that because I, I've always said, I'd rather have $3 bucks saved up when I retire in today's dollars and, <laughs> <laughs> and live on that and have had a fun life and spent money and enjoyed my life Then have $10 million and then, okay, now I'm going to go spend it. Because you're not going to. If you haven't gotten used to being able to spend it during the time you were accumulating it, you're not going to be able to spend it when you got it. It's a really succinct and awesome point I just made. Yeah, it was good.
0: (laughs) Well, and that's why his example of his parents who were immigrants who came here didn't like – they their worldview is this you know what i mean they have nothing they don't have a community they probably have their family they they don't have like a social network i mean that's i guess that's my point like there's there's a balance and yeah if you can't afford the shoes don't buy the shoes like i'm not making the case for that i just i mean that we see it with our clients like to your point these people have worked their entire lives put their head down and accumulated a lot of money. And then we struggle trying to get them to spend it. And the reality is they can't turn that switch off. They can't go from like frugal, right. very frugal living to not. And I, I just, I, I don't want that for my, like I, I know personally that I don't wanna do that.
2: <laughs> you had to be frugal when my parents and grandparents were accumulating money to be wealthy when you retired. You don't have to do that anymore. Like, we, we, make, we make more. There's going to be more inheritance. Like, you don't have to be frugal to accumulate a decent nest egg. I, I don't believe our generation. Because we make more than our parents did. So you're going to be able to save and also spend. And I don't think my parents' generation understand that connection. Doesn't like,
0: life cost more, though? Like, is it, isn't it all relative?
2: I I don't think so. And I have no facts to base that on. I just feel like the income that people make today is more than their parents made, which is more than their parents made.
1: I I think there's way more options for making a significant income today than there used to be, for sure. Like you had, you know, you basically were, you became a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, or a salesperson or something like that for a company. Right. And- you know, everyone else was a desk jockey. Yeah. And, and there's far more. I mean, you can make money on, with, with a YouTube channel. And right. I mean, just to use a stupid example, but there's so many other ways to make money. I Back to the video, the guys, the, the point that was lost on me was he's was kind of saying, there's a reason why there's a disproportionate number of like poor immigrants who have started from nothing and built these, you know, gigantic, valuable companies because they were poor to the point they, they didn't buy stupid shit. And if you want to be successful, he's telling the audience, you have to stop buying stupid shit just like those guys. That's just a dumb point. Some people are born on third base, dude. Some right. people are born on second base or right. first base, and it's not their fault. And, and some people come here with nothing or start with nothing. And it, it doesn't connect with me that, you, that the only way to be successful is to be a starving, poor, um, hungry, motivated person who makes it. That's just
0: It's one it's, way. It's yeah. one way you can go about it. What's well, yeah. the rags to riches story? Yeah. It's what's it's it's what sells or what people like to like think can happen to anybody. Like if that person could do it, I could do it. Yeah, and I get it. it. Makes it. it attainable. From, from
2: his lens, he's looking at maybe in that audience he sees privileged kids who are wasting their money on shit. Yeah. Okay, well guess what? Those privileged kids are probably still going to be okay even if they waste their money on shit. But I I don't know. Um he is pretty motivational. Uh, he, he his shtick is just lost on me at this point. And
1: it's, he tries too hard. He's, he's he curses a lot and he calls people dicks and he said you know he, and he's just trying to be like that guy, yeah. whatever that is. And it's just it just doesn't work for me.
0: Yeah, it's too self righteous for me. Um, I, I don't work. find it motivational at all.
1: He's
2: working for his bank account. I
1: don't think he's struggling. Well, there. it's
0: that. I mean, we've talked about like the whole self help that like umbrella people eat this shit yes they do
1: it's that whole like how can I become like that CEO who and and what do they do in their daily routine that I can emulate Mm -hmm. because that's going to be the way that I get success
0: you have to wake up you have to be Mark Wahlberg (sighs) then you have to listen to Gary V
2: can't wait to punch Mark Wahlberg (laughs) in the face you have to listen to
0: seven podcasts a day all right
2: all entertaining stuff
0: all right, our top five. What was five this top five, Meg? Today is five popular people that everyone loves, but you can't stand.
1: All right, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> you want to go? <laughs> I'll, I'll go. So, so it's this was a little challenging because I tried to avoid looking for you know the you know the celebrity who's known to be a total ass, right? And
2: no, that wouldn't that wouldn't fall.
1: Right? Well, but but who who many people. Revere, yeah, yeah, but they're just jerks, um, to their fans or to the media, whatever. I, I tried to avoid that, okay. And I'm just trying to find people that are generally, you know, popular or well known or liked mm-hmm. or what have you that I just don't get or I can stand them, yeah, right, okay. Give it to us, all right. Number five on my list, he ordered him, I like it, is a rod, Alex Rodriguez, He's yours.
2: yeah. <laughs> Do
0: people like him?
1: Yeah. I can't. And I stand can't him. stand him. And and huh. I mean, this guy's acting showing up on Shark Tank like he's some Ugh. sort of, you know, business guru and oh, I know. I know. I all of him. it. <laughs> 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 all, right. all right. I can't believe he was on
0: your list, dude. <laughs> I didn't think there would be any overlap on this Neither one. Neither
2: did I.
1: Number four. Sarah Silverman. Huh. I there's something about her that just irks me to no end she thinks she is such hot shit and her act is i just feel like she tries so hard and it falls flat to me i just don't don't okay. like her
2: is she beloved? kind
0: of indifferent
1: really i think she's she's popular. well yeah, yeah she's yeah, well, well like or, or she's popular i should yeah. say
2: uh, yeah i don't really like her either
1: <laughs> number call. three Ironically enough, talking about self-help, Tony Robbins.
0: He was on mine. He Tony to
1: Robbins is the worst. <laughs> the
0: worst.
2: <laughs> the Agreed. Worst. I agree 100%. So he's your three? He's, he's number, number three.
1: three. Number two is going to be, number two is one that I was easy for me, and it's Robin Quivers from The Howard Stern Show.
2: Oh, I don't know. Really?
1: People love her. I like Robin. And she is the most... Condescending, <laughs> self righteous little brat I've Boy, ever seen. A bitch. <laughs> Howard because Howard just kisses her ass and she just sits there and, and just chirps at everybody and criticizes everybody because she knows she's untouchable. And and anyone who's a Howard fan, I would love I mean, I would love to debate on this because okay. I can't stand her. Robin quivers. Yeah. All right. Number where am I? Number one. Oh, number one. one. Jeff, you're going to hate this one on YouTube, Meg. But man, Adam Levine is maybe my worst <laughs> human that I'm aware of. He almost made my list. I can't stand that dude. I That's can't a stand one. the band, and I, but I can't stand him. He's such a smarmy little. He thinks he's so hot and he's so talented and he's so cool. It's because he is. Uh, I disagree. I think most people would say he's hot and he's talented. A, he's a D bag
2: total uh, his, he's a total loser like he's a nerd yeah, well, he's a flat out nerd yeah that, so he's, he's number yeah. one how
0: can you be a, you can't be a D-bag and a nerd like they
2: they don't I classify him as a nerd <laughs> and yeah you can be a D-bag and a nerd no you can't yeah, 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 can. <laughs> alright so that that was a good like list Mike. yeah it was a really really good, good job Mike thanks I can tell you prepared for that one <laughs> you want me to go or do you want to go I
0: don't care I'll go okay Um. so I had Tony Robbins as number five um number four, I'm not sure because like there's I know there are a lot of people who hate him, Kobe. Like yeah. I yeah. can't stand him. Now, people love him. I feel like he's a love or hate, but I hate him.
1: Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one.
2: Um oof.
0: Ellen.
1: Can't stand. I, her. I considered her. Yeah. yeah.
0: Can't can't stand her. And then in that same vein, Oprah. Yeah, I considered her. <laughs> <laughs> And then my number one is like nobody can understand this. I cannot stand Will Ferrell. I know he's everybody loves him. Everybody loves him. I don't enjoy his movies. I don't enjoy his SNL like
1: Yeah, I, you might be like the only person I can remember saying that about
0: him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of shit whenever I say that, yeah. but he's number one for me.
2: Yeah. I hear you.
0: (laughs) You don't like him either.
2: No, I hear you because you've said it before. Uh, (laughs) I I don't. I don't follow because I think he's hysterical. Yeah,
0: I think it's the humor is dumb and immature and just.
2: So how does Adam Sandler make your list? Yeah.
0: Well, (sighs) because
2: he was on mine.
0: Yeah, I mean Adam Sandler. I don't feel as strongly about, and I don't feel like he's as revered as Will Ferrell.
2: Um, So there's a lot of overlap. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean my list as it stood, but but I'll give you my three my three um honorable mentions. Number oh, five Jesus. was Jesus. So you came up with eight? <laughs> yeah, number five was LeBron James. I just I, I, I I'm over him. I, everyone loves him and I think that's why I just I don't like wish he doesn't win. I don't really I don't, care. I just I don't really care. I don't care about LeBron James. I don't care that he's a He's a great player, one of the best of all time, if not the best of all time. And that he's a great person, too. And that he's never been, like, done anything off the court to to hate him. I just, I'm over him. That is, like, the worst reason to hate someone. (laughs) I think I might hate him more as well because of his stupid son.
0: Yo, don't bring his son into it.
2: Like, why we call this kid Bronny makes me hate him even more. (laughs) A-Rod was my four. Oprah was my three, <laughs> Sandler was my two, and Ellen was my one. Holy like, shit, easily, we had a lot of easily yeah. like Ellen. A lot of overlap. Ellen is just she just annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. My honorables, I'm oh, I'm I'm over Beyonce and Jay Z. Like they can just fall off the freaking planet, dude. I just don't care about them anymore. Ben Affleck and Tom Cruise.
1: Like Ben's a good one.
2: Like the the those two Ben's actors really can one. just. Go. I don't need to see Mission Impossible again. I don't need to see any more Ben Affleck movies.
0: I feel like Tom Cruise is probably more disliked than liked generally. Yeah, I yeah. don't
2: know that. I don't follow the celebrity yeah. world too much. I, I assumed he was pretty much well liked by everyone. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mike, your list was great, dude. Yeah, you I have won that one. You won that one, hands down. Should
0: we start doing that? Should I think we start should. start declaring a winner? winner?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay. Signing off. Thanks for listening.
1: Till next time. Thanks, week. everyone.
2: Bye. I-
0: Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to follow our Twitter at UntuckedPod for updates and new episode releases. See you next time.